Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're listening to the Fly the W podcast. This is season one. Believe it or not, we are already at the 21st edition of this thing. And the trade deadline, Crowley, has come and went. And in the shocking news, kept hitting refresh on Twitter. I was looking at you, looking all over the place. Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras are still Chicago Cubs. All the emotions, all the tears, all the hat taps, all all, all of it was for naught. And this was painful. This was painful. So we get to the trade deadline and it's, you know, we, we talked about that first trade in the last podcast. The Cubs acquired Zach McKinstry from the Dodgers for Chris Martin. He's 27 years old. So a few years younger than some of the old guys they got in the infield, the 30, 31 year olds. He can play both corner outfield spots, shortstop, second and third base. He's one of only three left-handed bats on the Cubs roster. So that's kind of good. Um, in AAA, he batted 335 with nine doubles, four triples, four home runs, 25 RBIs, and 27 walks. Chris Martin's a 36-year-old reliever with a 432 ERA. So I thought the Cubs made out pretty good on that trade. Yeah, I mean, they needed another left-handed bat. Why not? It's And it's a, it's a guy that's nine years younger, basically, six, eight years younger. Um, can play a lot of different roles. He's not going to win you a division or anything like that, but they definitely needed the left-handed bat. Absolutely. July 31st, just a minor deal. They traded infielder Dixon Machado, who's kind of been a journeyman minor infielder to the Giants for Reynal Espinal, who's also 30 years old and a journeyman pitcher, so it didn't really matter that much. But August 1st is when it really starts kicking. And in a shocker, David Ross's blankie, Scott F. Ross, is traded to the New York Yankees for Hayden Wesnitsky. This one excites me, Dustin. This is good. Yeah, the the quick reading that I had done on this is that uh, some people think that this is a very solid number three, worst case, number four guy in a rotation. So um, the Yankees seem to know what they're doing when it comes to scouting and drafting. So, yeah, absolutely. This is something that – this is something right now that uh, Cub fans have to look forward to, and I'm very curious when we'll see him make his uh, his Cubs debut. Well, with Efros, he's a guy that was interesting. He's 28, and he's still in his pre-arbitration years. But if you're not competitive, there's no point in having a good bullpen if you're not going to win. A, if you're 20 games under 500, you don't need anybody closing things out, although nope. it hurt us again in the Cardinals series. But Efros, they, they changed him to that sidearm delivery. And that's what you're seeing is that the Cubs are developing these pit, relief pitchers. And so they're not worried about it. Uh, so Efros goes to the Yankees. This is going to be one of those trades, I think, that works out for both teams. There is no loser in this one. He's 266 ERA, 50 strikeouts versus 11 walks. But he had 47 appearances, tied for second in the major. So 
Uh, he definitely was someone that Ross leaned on. But Wesneski is a 24-year-old right fielder. He was ranked number seven in the New York uh, Yankees system, according to MLB Pipeline. Uh, Baseball America had him pegged at number four. And so he's just someone – he worked with the assistant pitching coach, Daniel Moskos, and in 2021, but he features a, a mid-'90s four-seam fastball, a two-seamer, change-up, cutter, and a slider. So I'm excited about that one. Another good trade for Jed on that one. Yep. Like I said, I cannot wait to see him in, uh, in the cubby blue and see exactly what they have. So we get to August 2nd, we get to the trade deadline day and this is it. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Uh, the Phillies get David Robertson. And that's when I started to say, that's a problem that that wasn't on the radar. And, and, and that scared me because at that point it looked like the, you know, the big deal. And we'll talk about this was with the Mets and they wanted Robertson. Uh, their GM used to be with the Yankees, and Robertson used to be with the Yankees. And, and, and it was it was pretty much written that that's what was going to happen. But the Cubs traded him to the Phillies for Ben Brown. So another good trade. Robertson had been a, a, a guy, a one-year deal, 3.5. He became a closer. He did a great job. And then the Cubs got Ben Brown, who's a 22-year-old. Uh, six six had a big breakout 22 season 308 ERA through 73. He strikes out 35 percent of his opponents against a 7.7 walk rate. So Baseball America ranked him as the seventh prospect in the Philadelphia system. He's got a plus fastball slider combination, uh, but you know has some control issues. And let's see if the Cubs can iron them out. But definitely kind of seems like he could be a bullpen guy or a starter. Who knows? But another good deal for, for, again, for Robertson, you take that any day of the week. Absolutely. 22 years old, um, you know, strikes out more than he walks, can develop him. You don't know exactly what his role is, but you just knew that there was no reason to have a David Robertson around at this point. Then at the, we're waiting for the deadline to, to come and go. And what happens? We have the last trade that the Cubs make is a disappointing one. Michael Gibbons for Saul Gonzalez with the Mets. Gonzalez is two and one with the 281 ERA, one save, 14 games. Uh, he's in single A, St. Louis. So he's not coming around for a while. Uh, he looks he looks fine. Uh, right-handers hit 222 against him. Uh, he, you know, six foot nine. You know, he's he's a big. Or I'm sorry, six foot six inches, big kid. You know, so looks great. Givens 32, you get, you know, six and two with six holds, 266 ERA, although he gave up a bunch of runs for the Mets, which I say good uh, in his first appearance with the Mets. But that's not what we were expecting as far as deals with the Mets. The biggest news is Wilson Contreras does not get traded. Ian Happ, you can say at, at a secondary level, you knew that if you didn't like what you had with Happ, you could at least, you know, you have another year of control, not a big deal. But the fact that you couldn't trade Wilson Contreras, one of the premier bats in free agency, was just stunning. Well, let, let's see now. Let, let's see what the market is for Wilson Contreras. The, I, I was surprised by this. I also saw a stat, Crowley, that he only had in the month of July, was, am I right on this, five extra base hits in the entire month of July. And I don't know if he was just pressing because this was looming. So maybe, maybe the market wasn't as great as we thought. Maybe there isn't a market for him. Maybe the fact that he's getting closer to 30 and plays catcher 
isn't something that uh, other teams are looking for. And maybe the Cubs think, maybe the Cubs think that they can sign this guy back at the hometown discount, like force his hand. How badly? Let's see if he's being honest. Again, you don't want to you don't want to jerk him around or anything like that, but let's see how bad he wants to remain a Cub. Maybe he would sign for $90 million over five years instead of $100 million and, and, or something something like that. So, I, Lefty, I, I, if you don't get anything, listen, I get it. You know, If you end up not getting anything for him, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And what will be interesting over the next couple of weeks, Crowley, is we'll start hearing some of the rumors, right? Some of the news will start leaking out about what was close, what almost happened, the old coulda, shoulda, woulda, and that will, um, you know, either make us happy or sad. Well, here's what happens, right? A, number one, and Brett, Nation, Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation, we talked about this in the last episode, is, is I mentioned, is his trade value going to be diminished because his July was just awful? but he was clearly pressing and Wilson has enough of a track record. And what happens when this is all over? What does he start doing? Hitting triples and home runs and doubles. So he, it was clearly, clearly weighing on him. But the main issue right now is that there were really the, you're looking at the Juan Soto 400 million. He doesn't take that contract and that throws this whole free agency into chaos. And you have three main teams that were in that Juan Soto Derby. You got San Diego, St. Louis, and kind of always lurking in the weeds as always are the L.A. Dodgers, right, that have just an endless supply of prospects that they can trade. And so with that Juan Soto sweepstakes, Boston shockingly kind of tapped out. They weren't that far from a wild card spot, but I think they realized they weren't as good good enough. You know what I mean? So they kind of threw in the white towel on that. The Giants kind of threw things off because they came out to that bad start and they were, they were, people were wondering if they were going to trade Jock Peterson, if they were going to uh, uh, trade Carlos Rodon. And so it became a mess. But you're looking here, we, you know, the question was, did you want Juan Soto going to the Cardinals? And, and, and I talked about this before, and it was kind of like part of me was like, if the Cardinals got. And it looked like they were going to get it. They were the primary front runners to get uh, Juan Soto. Then the Padres, they were going all in no matter what. They were pushing all their chips in. So if they lost out on Juan Soto, which it looked like they were going to, then the Padres would have gave a huge package to the Cubs and gotten Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. But Correct. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Juan Soto fouled this whole thing up. So you have the main two teams that you're looking at are the Giants, or, or I'm sorry, the uh, Padres and the Mets. So you're you're leveraging those two teams against each other if you're Jed Hoyer, but Jed can't do anything because we're, the Padres are in this whole thing. So he's stuck on hold. That keeps everything on hold. And so as this is happening, other trades are going to be mated. Uh, so the Astros needed an offensive catcher. They got former Cubs catcher Mar- uh, Martin Maldonado, but their combination of Catchers are hitting 126, 210, 224. They needed somebody. So when Boston taps out, they acquire Christian Vasquez, who's a great catcher from the uh, Red Sox. The Yankees, people thought, okay, they need some hitting catcher, but they have no DH spot. And what you really saw are teams are valuing good pitch framing and good pitch calling, which are not Wilson strong suits. And so Wilson, if he's going to go to the Yankees, he has nowhere to DH because of Stanton and Donaldson. 
the Padres, their catching combination wasn't anything good. And so, like I said, they were the number one team besides the Mets. I put Mets one, Padres two for Wilson Contreras. And once the Padres make that huge trade, they also got Josh Hader from the Brewers, which is a stunner as well. That just threw everything off. And so now the only team sitting there are the Mets. And so you got Theo at one end and the Mets GM at the other end, and they're, they're seeing who blinks. They're playing a game of chicken. And the Mets were angry about it. So you remember how many Cub fans feel like we got fleeced by the White Sox with the Jose Quintana trade. We talked about that. Thanks, Cubs. Yeah, thanks, Cubs. And we always got to hear it. There are so many Mets scouts, front office people feel like Jed Hoyer fleeced them for Javi Baez and Trevor Williams for PCA. Uh, I saw Jim Callis on Marquis the other night say PCA is the best guy in the Cubs system right now. And you, you got him for half a season of... Uh, Javi Baez and Trevor Williams. I mean that. So they basically said we're not we're not playing this game twice. But that was a shocking move because the Mets needed it. They're catching McCann's injured. He's hitting 227, 293, 41 as a Met. And so their 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 catching hitters are absolutely garbage. It's the seventh weakest offensive production from a catcher of the Mets. They needed a closer, so we had David Robertson. And so basically. Jed said, I know you need these guys. You're going to go for it. And you know what? The Mets said, we're not giving up top prospects. And yeah, they, they were backed into a corner, right? It was a game of chicken, like you said. They were backed into a corner. And now you just got to hope that, uh, that, that Jed can hold on to both these guys. And again, you know, maybe, maybe Hap's a guy that gets traded during the, uh, during the offseason. Let's, let's see how both of these guys settle in now that they know they're going to be Cubs the rest of the way.